You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Live Free Now show, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Today is a good day. We are rocking and rolling, moving and grooving, and I got some crazy stuff to share with you. I'm sure you're well aware of most of this news, but I'm going to be breaking it down as we do here on the Live Free Now show Uh, And we're going to talk about solutions, right? Of course, today we're going to be talking about the PayPal fiasco. It's been making its rounds through the press and through the alternative media, especially. We are going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about Kanye West and his battle with JP Morgan. And um, we are going to also share about some of the struggles that I've had with PayPal in the past and more recently some some stuff's going down and it's uh, rather troubling, but we're not going to just leave it at the problem as many people tend to do. No, we are going to dive into some solutions, some practical strategies that you can utilize in order to create financial independence, in order to create monetary sovereignty. This is really what it's all about. I am choosing to view the circumstances we find ourselves in because as I've talked on previous podcasts and previous shows, we choose the thoughts that we have in relation to the circumstances we find ourselves in. We choose what meaning we give to the circumstances we find ourselves in. And that meaning and those thoughts then inform the emotions that we have, the feelings that we experience in relation to these circumstances, which then inform and empower our actions, which ultimately produce results. This is a whole framework I learned at this Funnel Hacking Live event, all about self-improvement. But nonetheless, we're going through some crazy times. We have a psychopathic elite hellbent on controlling us, controlling money, controlling food, controlling economies, controlling technology, surveillance, controlling humans. And people can get freaked out about that. They can get overwhelmed or they can say, you know what? This is all happening for a reason. And I'm choosing to be grateful and choosing to be excited because I get to take place in the animated. I get to take part in the animated contest for freedom. And boy, I am going to play to win. So that's the mindset that I have adopted. It's the mindset of the empowered. And I encourage you to adopt it along with me. That's exactly what we're helping people to do at livefree.academy, livefree.academy. We're the ones bringing you to Live Free Now podcast. Let's get right down to it. Before I do, however, I do want to invite you out to join me for a free webinar that I'm doing where I'm going to be breaking down a lot of this information in a very uh, methodical way. It's taking place just in a couple days. You can register absolutely for free. It's the Great Financial Reset Response Webinar. Head on over to livefree.academy slash reset webinar. That's livefree.academy slash reset webinar where you can register absolutely for free. Again, it's going down in a couple days. If you can't make it live, no problem. You'll be able to access the replay, but you have to register in order to join. I'll be sharing my three secrets, three secrets that can help you to overcome this financial reset, 
help you to opt out of the technocracy of the central bank digital currencies, of the monetary manipulation, of the social credit score scheme that's being implemented all around us. I'm going to teach you how I've managed to create a good amount of abundance in my life, how I've managed to create a great deal of freedom in my life. That's all going down in just a couple days. Again, you can register for free at livefree.academy slash reset webinar. That's livefree.academy slash reset webinar. Let's just hit some of the headlines real quick. We're going to go over to our good friends over at Activist Post. Uh, they promote a lot of Live Free Academy stuff. Good. Uh, They've been doing a lot of great work for quite some time, actually. But this is an article. And again, I'm sure you're familiar with the story. PayPal reverses course saying company will not seize money from people for promoting misinformation. Right. So maybe you actually read the policy. The company announced in September it was amending its acceptable use policy or AUP. The policy due to take effect in November said that users may not use PayPal for the sending, posting, publication, any messages, content, materials that in PayPal's sole discretion are, and then here we go, here's a whole list of stuff. Harmful, obscene, harassing, objectionable, depict or promote illegal drug use, depict or promote violence, yada, 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 yada. But then it comes on down to our fraudulent promote misinformation. Okay, and then here's the kicker, because of course, PayPal, at the end of the day, they have every, they have every right to control what goes what goes on on their platform. That is why for sure we need to be leveraging cryptocurrency, leveraging local barter networks. I'm going to break that down here pretty shortly after I go over the problem. That's what we do with a lot of these podcasts. We present a problem and then we focus most of our energy and our effort on the solution as you should be doing too, not only in your life and your actions, but also in your mental headspace. I've come to find in my old age and my wisdom that perhaps my attention is the most valuable resource that I have because it cannot be replenished. Money can, right? Time cannot. Money can. There's a lot of money. In fact, there's an infinite amount of money. They're cranking it out every single day, not to mention just trade barter outside of the fiat currency paradigm. But the big kicker for this bit here is for each violation, again, one of the violations is what they deem to be misinformation. PayPal says users are subject to repercussions. Those include liquidated damages of $2,500 per violation. That is just absolutely nuts. This was actually an article on Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge has, has a lot of good work. Looks like they got it from Epoch Times that has a little paywall here. So that took place. Now, let, let me share with you a bit of my sordid history with PayPal. And I do want to shout out the folks that are watching on Odyssey. Hello to the Odyssey audience. And uh, again, you can catch this program on my podcast feed. You can catch it live when we're bringing it to you on YouTube, Facebook, and of course, Odyssey. And you can also check us out on the replays on those exact channels as well. We are live. We are interactive. Um, so let's hear some of the comments here. We got Aaron Northrup coming in from East Tennessee. Shout out to my Tennessee Freedom Crew with Nicole Sauce up there. Love the work that they're doing in Tennessee. I'm a big fan of Tennessee. Central Texas, Tennessee, Florida, my favorite places to be in the U.S., Mexico coming in close behind those. Project Terra Nova, much love to you, bro. Inspired me to start a freedom cell. Make community great again here in Ontario. Stay strong, fam. Good will win. Indeed, it will. And you should join the Freedom Cell Network. If you're listening to this and you have not, we've assembled a 
decentralized peer-to-peer network of over 34,000 people that are working together to create more freedom in their lives. Now, let me break down my sordid history with PayPal myself. So where should I start? Should I start in the present or should I start in the past? Let's start more most recently. Now let's start in the past. Okay, so I operate a number of businesses and one of them is called Brave Botanicals. That's right, Brave Botanicals. In fact, let's just drop a quick ad here real quick so you can see what Brave Botanicals is all about. I think it'd do well to explain it and then I'll hit you with why uh, PayPal is not very fond of this product here known as Kratom. Hey everybody, let's take a quick minute to improve your life by reminding you about my old friend, John Bush, whom I've known since the first Ron Paul presidential campaign. He's been a guest on the Tom Woods Show several times. We did a whole episode on Kratom, which is a natural remedy that's helped a lot of people with chronic pain, stress, and anxiety, energy, and focus, even overcoming addiction. You can hear the full interview I did with John on this at tomwoods.com slash Kratom. Well, apparently, after that interview, he had a pretty big surge in sales from listeners. We've had a lot of people reporting they've had profound results with it. People saying they feel better than they've felt in years. I just got an email from somebody saying he used to drink every single night just to be able to get to sleep. He doesn't have to do that anymore now that he's using Kratom instead. And it can have great results like this for you too, but you won't know until you try it. And John's making it really easy to do that because he's giving you some for free. He put together an offer you can find along with our interview over at tomwoods.com slash Kratom. All you have to do is pay for shipping and he'll send you an ounce to try free of charge. So if you want to see what all the fuss is about, head on over to tomwoods.com slash Kratom, listen to the interview and take advantage of his free offer. That's tomwoods.com slash Kratom, K-R-A-T-O-M. Okay, I thought I'd use that little video ad there to show you what Kratom's all about. It's a member of the coffee family, of course. It helps people with pain, relaxation, sleep. Those are the red varieties. The white varieties help with uh, energy, focus, mental clarity. It's a good social lubricant to use instead of booze. And the green varieties are good for stress, anxiety. So check it out. There's this program that was instituted under the Obama administration called Operation Choke Point. Operation Choke Point. Now, this program was implemented, as they say, as a means to prevent money laundering from taking place, mostly with payday lenders. Now, of course, the government, as they tend to do, will say something is being instituted for this noble cause. But then in reality, mission creep sets in and it spreads and the tentacles of Dirty government, controlling government, infect so much more than the original intended purpose. But of course, it was never what they really intended. It's just what they sold the public on. So in reality, what Operation Choke Point turned into was the federal government, the Department of Justice, pressures banks. The banks, of course, control or they're the ones that are the money behind the credit card companies. So the federal government pressures the banks, which in turn pressure the credit card companies not to process transactions for specific industries. These industries include, of course, Kratom, CBD, Delta 8, cannabis. That's the business that I'm in with Brave Botanicals. Head shops, smoke shops, gun stores, adult toy stores, gentlemen's clubs, right? There's some of my favorite industries here. And now all of a sudden, the government's making it difficult for these industries to do business, no credit cards, right? So this was probably about 2016, 2017, I started experiencing these problems. Brave Botanicals has been in operation in one form or another since 2016. And so early on, I had a credit card terminal at a brick and mortar store that I used to work at. 
Sherry says, I've used Kratom. Great stuff. Helped me get through shingles. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Appreciate that. And again, folks can try Kratom for free, freeounceofkratom.com, freeounceofkratom.com. But as you'll see, you can't pay with credit card. And I'll tell you how you can pay and why cryptocurrency is a wonderful tool for this exact purpose because they can't control it. But nonetheless, I digress. That rhymes. Nonetheless, I digress. There's no need to feel stress. Instead, smile and feel so blessed. Whatever. All right. So <laughs> we were, had this in-house terminal where we would check people out, health products, books, conspiracy stuff, freedom stuff. And all of a sudden, they're like, you can't sell Kratom on this particular terminal because it's against our policies. And I'm like, what? This started a multi-year struggle with me having to get creative in order to accept credit cards. So I've learned different hacks. One of those hacks was with PayPal, you can send an invoice and that invoice allows someone to enter a credit card payment on the invoice without having to have a PayPal account. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I could collect people's credit card through this uh, plugin on my online store called Offline Credit Card Acceptor, whatever. So people enter their credit card. It looks like a normal point of sale. Half of the credit card goes to an encrypted email. The other half of the credit card is stored in the back of the point of sale. Uh, the code goes to an email. And then the other piece, which is the uh, expiration date, goes to... Uh, the email or the point of sale splits it up for greater security, right? So I created all these dummy email accounts, boom, 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 like five of them. So somebody would place an order, they would put their credit card info, I would capture the credit card info, then I would send myself an invoice from a PayPal account, and I would rotate between five different email addresses. So they place an order for, you know, a $100 order for some Kratom. So I'd go into my PayPal account. I would generate a $100 invoice. I would send that invoice to an email account that I controlled. I would pay that invoice with their credit card, the exact amount that they authorized to pay when they placed an order. And voila, the money would show up in my PayPal account. Now, this lasted for, I don't know, maybe six months or a year. And of course, PayPal found out and they banned me. But I thought, hey, I got a good system. Maybe my roommate will let me use his PayPal account. Uh, he did, and that got banned as well. Then along the way, I started using Cash App. Cash App used to be able to, you used to be able to send a link. It was like cash.me and then your your handle, cash.me, John Bush or whatever. And uh, you could send yourself that link and enter the credit card. This was great, super simple. Cash App is a little online payment platform you put on your phone. It's an app. But uh, unfortunately, that got banned as well. Then I used Stripe, banned. Roommates, Stripe, banned. Girlfriends, Stripe, banned. So ultimately, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to stop with all of the uncertainty. Uncertainty is just the devil in entrepreneurship. I'm going to stop with all the uncertainty. I am going to just educate my clients on e-check. That's an electronic check. So you go to check out. Instead of putting your credit card number, you enter your checking account and routing number. Now, this is actually safer than entering a credit card because anybody could take your credit card number and then go purchase things online. You can't purchase things online with a checking account and routing number unless you have one of these platforms where you have to get vetted. You have to go through a background check, all this stuff. So we set up this electronic check. Yeah, what's up, T-Bot? How you doing? Good friend Ramiro there. Uh, E-Check's a great platform for anybody that's doing a business that peddles misinformation or any type of sketchy stuff that the government does not like. I joke, of course, because nothing that we do is sketchy, but the government deems it sketchy. And they're like, we don't want to touch it. And I don't blame a lot of these companies. Um, 
That's why I try to do business with companies that are like-minded because they share the same values that I do, freedom, privacy, justice, right? They know what's going on in the world and they're working to overcome it. But a lot of these companies, they're just like, we just want to please our shareholders and turn a profit and go home to our fancy mansions and our fancy Rolls Royces and live the good life. They don't really care about taking on the risk. It's not what's in their interest. But you can circumvent a lot of this stuff in one of those platforms you can do that is eCheck. In fact, we use a service called green.money, green.money. Uh, they cater to the cannabis industry and all sorts of other industries. So super simple, super safe. It also enables you the ability to do bill pay where you can pay bills with your checking account. You can issue refunds, you can issue payments, you can have a check mailed to somebody that draws from your checking account. So it bypasses the whole credit card system. We've used it swimmingly, no problem. I just had to make a decision as an entrepreneur rather than constantly living in this state of fear that they're going to shut my account down and I got to switch over to a new thing. I'm just going to educate and train my clients to understand eCheck and to not be afraid of eCheck because people are like, enter my checking account or routing number. That's kind of scary. Um, somebody's going to take my bank account, yada, yada, yada. In reality, it's actually safer than credit cards. Anytime you mail a check, it has that info at the bottom. Nonetheless, that's a platform. But guess what? We accept cryptocurrency too. In fact, we accept Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Monero, Litecoin, Dash, uh, blah, 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 Ethereum, Dogecoin. So a whole slew of cryptocurrencies. Here's the beauty of that. Be because of the decentralized nature of these cryptocurrency payment networks, nobody can stop it. Nobody can shut it down. Let me just show you something with Bitcoin. I'd like to point this out. Bitcoin, I'm searching Bitcoin nodes here, my Brave browser. Brave has its own search engine. It's not the best search engine, but it does work from time to time. So check it out. This is pretty sweet here. This is a list of all of the Bitcoin nodes that are in operation. Of course, a Bitcoin node is a computer server that hosts the Bitcoin blockchain. The Bitcoin blockchain is a distributed, decentralized public ledger, right? So all throughout history, uh, people have kept track of ownership rights, especially surrounding money, on a ledger. John has 12 credits. Ramiro has... 10 credits. John sends two credits to Ramiro. John now has 10 credits. Ramiro now has 12 credits. That's all recorded and registered. But the big challenge is you have to trust the third party in order to maintain the legitimacy and the accuracy of said ledger. Most often those third parties were banks, governments, you name it. The cool thing about decentralized cryptocurrencies now and the big innovation that is blockchain technology is that these ledgers are now maintained and distributed throughout the globe. So that very same ledger we used to have to trust Chase Manhattan or JP Morgan, we're going to talk about here shortly. We now don't have to trust anybody. We have to trust mathematics and we have to trust a network of decentralized node operators that all work on consensus. So back to our equation, I have 12 units. Ramiro has eight units. John sends two units to Ramiro. John now has 10 units. Ramiro now has 10 units. That gets recorded on all of these different computers. At the same time, they all get updated. The blockchain gets updated. The public ledger gets updated on all these computers. If there's a bad actor that's like, actually, John should get 12 or 10 of Ramiro's units. So now John has 20 units and Ramiro has zero. They're, they're going to try to transact. They're going to try to um, transfer that to the network. 
They're going to try to update the blockchain to say that all the other nodes, all the other 14,553 nodes are going to say, uh, 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 that's not what it says on our record of the blockchain. We're going to kick that back. That is not valid. No. Okay. So that's how it works. And as you can see, there's 1,800 in the US. Well, there's a huge chunk that says uh, no answer. So most presumably these nodes are connected to the internet through Tor, the onion router, which is this decentralized way. It's, it obscures your web traffic, your IP address, or they could be using a VPN, a virtual private network. I don't know if Ramiro is still watching, but he is a big fan of Molvad. At least he used to be. I don't know. They're always discovering stuff that all these issues with some of these different platforms. So you really got to stay on your toes. Follow Ramiro's work with Take Back Our Tech uh, to, to stay on top of the latest tech that's most pure when it comes to really respecting people's privacy. But the cool thing, as I brought this up, is because it's a decentralized network, you literally have to shut down all of these nodes in order to make the network no longer function. These nodes are in so many different countries. So, I mean, ultimately, they want to create a global government and a global government. You know, just let me just share something real quick with you. Earlier, I started off by talking about the mindset of the empowered. Empowered people are able to control their thoughts. Empowered people choose what meaning they give to the circumstances they find themselves in. That is the path of the empowered. That's why mindset is so critical to the work that we do at Live Free Academy. And so a lot of people project omnipotence on to the new world order, even terms like the new world order. Like it's a, it's a, something that's called reification. That's when you take the abstract and make it real. Ultimately there is no new world order. In fact, there is no government. There's people that are trying to control other. In fact, there's two types of people in this world as Ernie Hancock likes to say, those that want to be left alone and those that just won't leave you alone. But nonetheless, people give this air of omnipotence, being all powerful to this cabal, to the powers that wish they were. And they're like, they're going to shut down the internet. They're going to shut down cryptocurrency. They're going to hack and crack cryptocurrency. Like I was at the Self-Reliance Festival recently, and this and this guy started getting up talking about parallel networks and opting out. And I was like, dang, this guy's speaking my language. And then somebody asks him about cryptocurrency, and I'm sitting there watching on the side. And of course, I start to feel anxious. And I'm like, what's he going to say? I want to say something. I got to say something about crypto. I'm the crypto guy. What's he going to say? What's he going to say? And usually it's like, this is the thing with like Derek Bros. I love Derek Bros. We have a lot of overlapping work. And oftentimes Derek Bros says the stuff and I'm like, oh, I don't have to say it. That dude just iterated in such a beautiful way, right? I just had this anxiety when I pulled back from activism many years ago. And I was like, I got to focus on making money for my family. We're broke. We got the electricity getting turned off, but I feel bad because I'm not doing activism. But Derek Bros was there pounding away, just make, just, perfect message. And I was like, ah, that's okay. No big deal. Anyway, I digress. So this guy at Self-Reliance Festival, they say, what about cryptocurrency? Do you recommend investing in cryptocurrency? And he says, well, you know, cryptocurrency, if the government really didn't want that to be around, they would shut it down. They'd find a way to shut it down. That's what these people think. But here's the deal. The government and these cabal clowns, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, these lunatics, they're not all powerful. In fact, they seem to be pretty damn insecure or they wouldn't be censoring everybody and freaking out and trying to control things and tighten their grip because they're like megalomaniac control freaks, narcissists that have issues. They like, they like get all freaked out and they're anxious because we have so much freedom. And then this new technology comes about cryptocurrency, decentralized blockchain technology. 
And now they're really freaked out. And they're like, we got to institute our central bank digital currency as a counter to that. We're going to talk more about CBDCs here in a second. But nonetheless, I just wanted to go on a little side quest there to let and inform everyone know and hope that you adopt this mindset of an empowered person and hope you understand that technology exists, the people exist, networks exist, privacy tools exist that enable us to do what we want. And there's not a damn thing the government can do about it. And they can pass laws all they want, but it's up to you and me, the free people of this world to make a decision and make a commitment to disobey unjust laws, to lay the framework, the foundation, the infrastructure, and build the relationships that are critical to us creating real freedom in our lives, no matter what the government says about it. That is really what it's all about. And that's the message that I hope to convey. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, you can see it right here, all these networks. So if somebody over in Ohio says, hey, I want to buy some Kratom from John, they can hop on board the Bitcoin network and they can send a transaction here and there's nothing anybody can do to stop it. It's a very beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, let's get back to PayPal. So PayPal, they shut me down. Fast forward to the present day. In fact, fast forward to not this most recent April, but the April before I started a new company, Live Free Academy. We offer educational workshops. In fact, we're the ones doing this, this uh, great financial reset webinar. If you're just joining us again, you can register for free at livefree.academy slash reset webinar. That's livefree.academy slash reset webinar. It goes live October 20th. That's this Thursday in two days. You got to register but if you can't make it live, I hope you make it live. But if you can't make it live, please make it live. If you can't make it live, live is going to be the best, I promise you, because you'll be able to interact and ask questions. But if you can't make it live, you will get access to the replay shortly thereafter. So, but you got to register in order to get access to the replay or in order to get the live links to join us. So I started this business, Live Free Academy, and I have a new LLC for that business. And so I was like, hey, a lot of people use PayPal. In fact, people pay me to do this affiliate stuff, pay commissions with PayPal. I pay people commissions with PayPal. It's just very easy. A lot of people use PayPal. So I'm like, let me see if I could set up another PayPal account. I got a new LLC. I'm not registering it as John Bush. I'm registering it as my LLC. So let's see what happens there. It's a new entity separate from my Bird Botanicals entity. Sure enough, I was able to set up a PayPal account, Eureka. I was always very timid. Like, I don't want to put a bunch of money or send a bunch of money through it. Because maybe they'll find out that I'm, I'm, it's John Bush, that guy that they banned years ago. But fast forward, a good year and a half goes by using PayPal, no problem. Until, until I received a lump sum payment for a big commission, a uh, big commission affiliate thing that I did. They send the money, not like a crazy, crazy amount of money, but it's a good chunk of money. They send the money. That money gets frozen. So I'm like. I'm like so excited because I did this affiliate marketing. I did three affiliate marketing campaigns and all but paid for my entire freaking wedding with a few affiliate marketing campaigns, which is pretty cool. Really excited about that. In fact, that's going to make a great headline. Join me as I explain how I managed to pay for affiliate campaigns without having to sell a single product or ship a single thing or deal with customer service issues. You can do that too. That's what I. That's the way that I think. I'm like, wow, I was able to pay for the wedding with affiliate marketing. That's going to be one hell of a headline for a free report or some kind of webinar or whatever. I'm always marketing, marketing, marketing. But nonetheless, so I got this payment. And then all of a sudden I'm like, great, I'm going to withdraw the payment. This is great. Hey, Rebecca, we're going to pay for the wedding. This is, this is everything's great. And then boom, PayPal's like, 
we're going to hold that payment for 180 days because it's an unusual volume of currency going through your PayPal account. It doesn't match up with the past several months of transactions. I'm like, what the hell? Don't you want me to send money through your account? I thought you would want us to use your platform. So I call. There's a pro tip for folks in business and everything. When you can get on the phone with somebody, email is cheap. Everybody gets emails in their inbox. Well, Live Free Academy emails aren't cheap. If you get a Live Free Academy email, make sure you open that up because um, it's going to blow your mind. But nonetheless, I called and they're like, well, actually, unfortunately, uh, this is on a hold. There's nothing I can do. Of course, the first level of communication, you always got to go, well, nothing you could do. I, I doubt that. Let me speak with your supervisor. Talk to the supervisor. And thankfully, they informed me after all these conversations and stress uh, that I could issue a refund to the issuer. Well, first they said in 48 hours, the person that issued the payment will be able to verify that they received the goods. And there were no goods, of course, but I delivered on the affiliate commission. They, they I sent people to their website. They received the money that I, I held up my end of the bargain. And I'm like, okay, great. I know who this person is. They're a privacy person. In fact, they're probably not very fond of PayPal either. So all I got to do is contact them, let them know, contacted them. But before 48 hours could come around, I opened my inbox the next day to an email. You've been banned by PayPal. Let me see if I can pull that email up, actually. You've been banned. They didn't say banned, of course. They say, we've chosen to terminate your account. And I'm like, by golly, why the hell did you terminate my account? I thought, but again, as an empowered person, I'm like, thank God they terminated my account. In fact, I should have, I should have known I shouldn't have even been doing business with PayPal in the first place. They've shut me down before, but oftentimes we just care so much about convenience. And I know I struggle with this myself. Your PayPal is still on hold. Money is waiting for it. Let me see the actual account. Your request has not been approved regarding your PayPal account. Is this it right here? We need some information from you. Of course, they're getting all sorts of information. These freaking clowns. Looks like it was sent to the message center. Let me see if I can, I can still log into my account. I forget it. Anyway, so I'm thinking I'll just wait. They'll with they'll say that I, they received the goods. But before that could happen, I get an email from PayPal saying they shut my account down. Now I'm like, the money is still in the freaking account. What am I going to do? Get back on the phone, skip through the first layer of customer service, talk to a supervisor, and he lets me know the person, the first two people I spoke with previously should have let me know this, that I could just refund the money. So thankfully, I still was eligible to refund the money on my end. And sure enough, two or three days, it got back into their bank account on the, the guys that paid me's in. So whew, I got the money back. They ended up mailing a check old school style. Can't beat that really. But when the central bank digital currency system rolls out, it'll be just the same. All these controls that PayPal has will be for everything you do with these central bank digital currencies. But that's my PayPal fiasco. I should have known, but as an empowered person, the meaning I chose to give that was, you should never have been doing business with PayPal in the first place. This is yet another indicator that you, John, as an activist, as an influencer, need to double down on the work you're doing in this world to educate people about PayPal alternatives, most importantly, cryptocurrency and local barter networks. Notice I always, I'm pushing crypto. I've been pushing crypto for years now, about eight years or nine years. But now the narrative for me has changed. Um, 
although I don't know, I'm just getting a little more mature in the way that I communicate with people because I know people take my word very seriously. So I split people into two groups. If you got money, if you got wealth, if you ask yourself questions like, what should I do with this money? Great place to be. Let us all rise to that financial position. What do I do with my money? How should I invest it? I got so much money. I don't know what to do. I got choices. That's a great place. We all need to strive towards that. If you're in that place, I think investing in some crypto is probably a good idea. Not go, not break the bank, but maybe a good chunk. If you're on the come up, if you're struggling financially, if you're asking questions instead, like where do I get money? And in fact, remember, make sure you ask yourself questions like, instead of saying, how can I afford that? I can't afford that. You say, how can I afford that? What do I need to do to afford that? That's again, the empowered versus the victim. I can't afford that. How can I possibly afford a ticket to the greater reset? It's $200. It's $100 for Mexico. How could I afford a ticket? I'm struggling. La, la, la. If you really want something, if you see the value in it, you say, how can I afford that? What can I do? Maybe I need to start the side hustle. Maybe I need to put some extra hours at work. Maybe I need to sell something. Maybe I need to stop spending so much money at the grocery store on this or that, on the junk food, and instead buckle down and not go out to eat, but make the food at home. What can I do instead of I can't? Be a Kimberly can, not a Carrie can't. Plug for the Greater Reset, by the way. It's taking place January 18th through the 22nd. You can register to keep up to date with us at thegreaterreset.org. You'll know when we're get going live. Uh, you can join us in person in Mexico, 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 or check us out in Texas. Derek Bros and Ramiro will be rocking it down in Mexico. Myself, I'll be hosting along with the local Freedom Cell crew here in Central Texas. Tickets are available for Central Texas. You got to pre-register to go down to Mexico. This is taking place January 18th through the 22nd. January 18th through the 22nd. Dell Bigtree, Jack Spierko, Mark Moss, Ramiro Romani, River and Amani from Haven Earth. All sorts of great folks are going to be joining us. Uh, you definitely don't miss this. This is where all the empowered people are going to be giving their attention and you're going to want to be a part of it, especially if you're struggling to find your place in this world. Uh, you're going to love that, that event for sure. So anyway, digressing all over the place. Let's get back on track. PayPal, shut me down. What am I going to do? Going to help educate people. CBDCs are going to be even worse. But guess what? Even bank accounts will screw with you, right? So there's this whole payment network. There's this whole money system within the U.S. And one of the things I'm going to teach in my webinar is about money being a debt-based system, at least the United States dollar, fiat currencies. It's all built upon debt. And in fact, there is no money. It's all debt. Money is created when debt is created. That's what it is. And when you examine the interest rates, and I'm going to break this and demystify this because it's totally confusing and convoluted. And it's one of those things I realized, like, I was trying to make sense of the Federal Reserve Bank when I learned about it many years ago. And a lot of my studies had to do with G. Edward Griffin's Creature from Jekyll Island. And then it branched into Austrian economics, Murray Rothbard, Logan von Mises, Ron Paul, Tom Woods, right? All this, uh, Robert Murphy, all this great stuff about the Austrian business cycle. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. They can create money out of nowhere. Money is debt. Debt is money. I thought money was valuable and it like represented some sort of production or value, but really it's debt, which is like a negative entry on the bank account, a liability. And then the bank, when you put money on deposit, that money itself is debt to the Federal Reserve. But then when you put that money on the, in, on the hands of a commercial bank, then the bank can learn loan out 10 times as much money as you put on deposit. 
It's known as fractional reserve banking. When they loan the money out, that's how new money gets created. The whole thing is a fraud. So I hear my staff talking in the background. We got a little on air, an on air, uh, you know, on air live thing to prevent this very thing from happening. But I don't know if it's not turned on or they don't notice it. But uh, I'm going to knock on the window because it's distracting me. I'm live. I'm on air. Love you. Sorry. All right. We got office space and people all around me and stuff. But anyway, so it's a debt-based system. It's fraud. Federal Reserve creates the money, loans it to the commercial banks. The commercial banks then lend it out to people. Your credit card, every time you make an expense, boom, new money. Every time you take out a mortgage, boom, 500000 new money created. But you have this banking layer. And then on top of the banking layer, there's this new innovative way to do money, which is like a payment processing platform like PayPal, Stripe, Cash App, Venmo, which is PayPal, Stripe, which is Cash App, which is Stripe. And there's a whole multitude of other platforms, but they're basically like tied to the banking system. And then you can send money and then it debits from your bank account or it credits from your bank account, or you can take money from the banking system and store it in your Venmo account and then send it out of there. But it's all controlled. It's all controlled by third parties, right? So these layers are obviously easily controlled. They're private companies. At the end of the day, they can do what they wish. When you sign up to use them, I know you don't read the terms of service. I hardly ever read all the terms of service in detail, but I know what I'm getting myself into and voluntarily choosing to do such a thing. If people are, here's a quick tip real quick. If people are going to use a platform like this, use a Gmail, use a PayPal, whatever, use it, but know that it's all tracked, all traced, can be shut down. Don't only have this world going on, do the inside outside game. So it's like, I use this for convenience. I use this for the drive technology, blah, blah, blah. But I also use CryptPad when we do organizing on some more stuff that we want to be more private. I have the Gmail, but I have the Proton Mail. I had the PayPal, but I most definitely have the cryptocurrency and local trade networks with our Freedom Cell community, right? It's like an inside outside thing. Sometimes it's a challenge to abruptly drop all of this status control world and go totally agorist, totally dark, totally private. It's a challenge. So what I encourage people to do as a practical thing, so they're not overwhelmed by this whole world and all these things that we're recommending within our community is like come up with a path, chart a path, come up with a plan and slowly but sure. Well, this is the freedom side. Slowly but surely work your way towards greater freedom, greater control of your money, of your privacy, of your resources, of your time, of your attention. Ultimately, you want to make it. Ultimately, it's going to take a lot of work and strength and numbers. It's going to take us all exiting and building our own individual lives to collectively exit completely. Maybe someday, maybe it takes generations. I don't know, but that's the work that I was put on this earth to do to aid you and assist you. So, banking level payment platforms, but the banks, I got shut down by my bank too. I was like, I'm going to set up a Texas bank, Frost Bank. It's local. It's not Chase. It's not Wells Fargo. It's not Bank of America. It's not HSBC. HSBC that was laundering money for the Mexican drug cartels knowingly. It's not Wells Fargo that was busted. The employees were taking money from one account and moving it to another. Again, that's the ledger. Wells Fargo maintained the ledger, what you have in your checking account. And the employees had access to that ledger and they were gaming the system, sending money themselves because you don't. they had control over the ledger decentralized ledger. You got to operate with consensus. You can't sneak money from your account to another account without everyone knowing because it's totally open source and transparent. Pretty cool. 
So I'm like, I'm going to do a Frost Bank. It's a Texas bank. I think this is a good idea. Let's keep it local. Sure enough, this business did business with them literally since 2015 when I started one of my most recent LLCs. So for about six years, they shut me out in 2021. For about six years, five or six years, I had a great banking relationship with them. Actually, to be honest, when I was struggling financially and business was not doing good in the early days when I first leaned heavy, heavy into entrepreneurship, I would overdraw my account. And so I didn't have just for total clarity. That's part of my story. Like I was broke. I was struggling, living in a broken down, converted school bus. Actually, it drove, but it was busted and electricity getting turned off, kids fighting, fighting with the kids, fighting with the ex-wife. It was down and out. It was total anxiety, stress, and overload and overwhelm all the freaking time. And we were completely broke. And I managed through persistence, through self-development, through aligning with my highest purpose and my highest self to reach a wonderful state of financial abundance. There's still struggles from time to time, but man, we're kicking ass. We got a 10 acre homestead, blah, 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 blah. I want everybody to have that as well. And I want everyone to recognize that it was only a few years ago that I was down and out in the dumps, self-doubt, felt like a big piece of shit. And now I am in a good place. Life is good and it couldn't be better. Everybody can have that if you just commit to improving your situation, right? So nonetheless, another digression, Frostbank shut me down because they discovered I was using CBD, selling CBD, using CBD. I was using CBD. How could I? I had to get off that stuff. They discovered I was selling CBD, which just recently was legalized, completely legalized in Texas. You can make the case that it wasn't ever really illegal, but the te Texas hemp bill, the federal hemp bill passed by Donald Trump, and then the state of Texas followed suit literally like six months or a year before they shut me down legalizing CBD completely, regulating CBD. It's now legal. You get a license to sell it, blah, blah, blah. And they shut me down. I'm like, what the hell? And I even told the branch manager. The branch manager must have been a Karen. We'll call her Karen, the branch manager from the downtown Austin branch. It's a big one that looks like a freaking owl. Um, I'm not going to go down another side quest. They shut me down. And I said, you know what? This is why I'm such a big fan of cryptocurrency. Because there's no branch manager to call and shut down your account. Nobody can shut down your account. And she said, well, to be honest, if we knew that you were into cryptocurrency, we would have shut your account down earlier. Oh, my God. So that brings us to the latest story. This guy named, what do they call him? Yi? I'm not one of those guys. Like I got, It's Prince, not the artist formerly known as Prince. What was it? Puff Daddy. When I grew up, it was Puff Daddy, not Diddy. But now Kanye wants to be Yi. I don't know why people do this. I think they want attention or something. But anyway, Kanye West, love him or hate him. I kind of like the guy. I like the cut of his jib. I like that he doesn't give a damn what people think about him. He's not perfect in any way, by any means. Um, but the guy has huevos. That's most for sure. So get this. He's been coming out lately, dropping some pretty harsh messages about Jewish control of the media. Right. I'm not one to generalize. I'm most definitely not anti-Semitic in the least bit. But there is something to be said about is this, this is where the feed gets cut now and I get censored. But there is something to be said about, you know, anytime there's a group of people that have common characteristics that reach lots of influence over particular industries and sectors, whether it's banking or the media or entertainment, there's something to be like, whoa, what's up with that? Right. It doesn't mean Jewish people are bad, but it's like, huh. This is something that we should consider, right? And then a lot of these groups, 
New World Order, oligarchs, uh, uh, Islamo-fascists, right? A lot of these terrorist groups, they have this commonality and then they leverage that commonality in pursuit of certain goals, whatever. Long story short, the media, the banking and entertainment industry have a mass influence and they're part of this cabal system and they're controlling, shutting down, pushing narratives, Tavistock Institute, manipulating entire cultures, like all this Black Lives Matter stuff came up and that was a big fraud, of course, big manipulated social movement. There is something to be said. And I spent a significant amount of activist work back in the day pushing back against police accountability. In fact, we raised money, purchased 100 video cameras, distributed them to marginalized communities so they could film the police and defend themselves against cops. But it's like there's a lot to be said about how the media and entertainment industry in rap, gangster rap, Kanye's whole sector, not gangster rap, but in rap, they like pushed messaging onto the black community to glorify gang banging, to glorify mistreating women, right? And then on top of that, there was the CIA shipping crack cocaine into California through Freeway Rick Ross. That's all part of this effort to marginalize and take the power of this beautiful, amazing culture of people, the black community, right? Just like this power and this richness and this regal nature back from Africa when these folks were kings, right? And there was like conspiracy against them. So BLM, everyone's focusing on BLM, but maybe there should be some attention put on these manipulators and these social engineers. Nonetheless, I digress. Kanye West, nonetheless, I digress. Kanye West is on this same kind of beat talking about some pretty real stuff. And of course, the media, Twitter, they don't like it. Long story short, too late. Kanye got booted from JP Morgan. His bank severed ties with him because of the content of his speech. This is a big deal. It's something that we all ought to be concerned about. This all ties in, right? So here's the key facts. This is from Forbes. Forbes puts out some decent information. Of course, it's controlled mostly, but decent. Sometimes they're objective. On Wednesday evening, right-wing commentator Candace Owens tweeted the rapper had been kicked out by J.P. Morgan without any official reason, along with a screenshot of a purported letter from the bank. The letter informs the rapper that J.P. Morgan is ending its banking relationship with rapper and his company Yeezy and informs he has until November 21st to find a new bank. Apparently, he put tens of millions of money through this bank, if not hundreds of millions. West has been critical of several of his business partners recently, including J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon and other senior executives, Bill Grouse and Jing Ulrich. In a recent Instagram post, West claimed there's been a lot of controlling and handling to suppress my ability to affect the American economy and industry. So oftentimes when someone gets too close to the truth, they got to snuff them out. And of course, money makes the world go round in many instances. It helps people to project their voices and their ability to influence the public. And when you have a figurehead, just like everybody worships these entertainment stars. It's not my thing. And it's even like, everyone's like, so-and-so died and this divorce, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a damn? We don't even know these people. I care about the people that I know in my life, my relationships, I care about my path, my family's path, my community, but it doesn't extend much beyond that. I got me, I got my kids and my fiance. I got my immediate family. Thankfully that most of them are in here in central Texas. And then I got my crew. I got my staff. I got my freedom cell community. We're all doing all sorts of cool stuff together. And then beyond that, it's like, you guys got to fend for yourself, man. And I'm going to try to bring people into the community. That's my local freedom cell crew. Of course, I got love and admiration and I work for the betterment of our freedom community. Right. But I don't care about all these blah, 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 blah. Right. But nonetheless, the culture and the com and mainstream people do care what Kanye has to say. So they got to silence him. 
This is all culminating in the message that I want to make crystal clear to you today is that when these central bank digital currencies get implemented, this, these types of shutdowns, misinformation, fines, bank closures, control of your money is going to be the status quo. And instead of PayPal, Frost Bank, or JP Morgan controlling you, it's going to be the central bank, the Federal Reserve, literally one of the tips of the spears, not the tip of the spears, the tip of the pyramid when it comes to this whole new world order thing. They're going to be able to control how you spend your money. This really sweet article came out recently uh, on Activist Post. Shout out Activist Post once again. Global financial elites are planning CBDC credit scores, social credit scores. This is from Seek for Truth. I learned about this guy from old Derek Bros. Uh, he's got some good work out there. I wasn't familiar with his work before. But uh, they pointed out that there was this IMF uh, event that took place. Maybe it was the IMF. But anyway, they had these meetings. Uh, the Bank of International Settlements and the head of the IMF are hosting meetings. This is what one of these guys said. The smart contracts would be allow, would allow targeted policy functions like welfare payments, consumption coupons, food stamps, etc. With CBDCs, we can precisely control what people can and can't own. Also, what kind of use this money can be programmed for, like food only. This is the CBDC paradigm. They then say it could be tied to a credit score. Uh, it's, let's, let's, let's hear straight from the beast's mouth. This is a minute and 40 seconds. Let me make sure I'm sharing audio here. So, I mean, this is, this is some scary stuff that's taking place and it's being implemented now. And you got to understand that if we don't do something, this is going to be the status quo. In fact, I think it's going to be the status quo for most people, but we have the ability to choose whether or not it's the status quo for us. All right. All right. That's the message. Let us choose something different. All right. Here's the, here's the video. The third way we think CBDC can improve financial inclusion is through what we call programmability. That is, CBDC can allow government agencies and private sector players to program, to create smart contracts, to allow targeted policy functions. For example, welfare payment. For example, consumption coupon. For example, food stamp. By programming CBDC, those money can be precisely targeted for what kind of people can own and what kind of use this money can be utilized, for example, for food. So this potential programmability can help government agencies to precisely target their support to those people who need support. So that way can also improve financial inclusion. Of course, I want to end with a caveat because CBDC is not a panacea. CBDC cannot solve every challenge in financial inclusion. There are some aspects of financial inclusion is not related to technology. For example, financial literacy, digital literacy. So CBDC has to work with other policies 
together to try to improve financial inclusion. I stop here. All right, there you have it there. There you have it. Once again, I want to remind you to register for the free webinar. We're going to break down central bank digital currencies even further. That's livefree.academy slash reset webinar. Livefree.academy slash reset webinar. It all goes down Thursday, October 20th at 11 a.m. Central. If you can't catch it live, you can watch the replay, but you most definitely want to be there live so we can interact. I can answer your questions directly. That's going down. We're going to go even deeper on what we've talked about today. We're going to lay it out in a methodical manner. It's going to be the most empowering transmission on the financial reset you've come across. I guarantee it. Or your money back even though it's free in fact i'm going to be giving away some free cryptocurrency for those that stick around till the end so maybe you'll actually end up making money from it most definitely the knowledge that you get will be way valuable compared to the input which is basically an email address and some time so please do register for that but the central bank digital currency man it's being rolled out it's being implemented at breakneck speed other countries are leading the way the u.s uh, oftentimes takes a while to implement things because it's just so bleh, archaic and like all convoluted and there's politics at play. But essentially, it'll work like this. You'll have a central bank, the Federal Reserve, that will issue these digital units of account known as dollars, a digital dollar. Now, I should say right now, most of the money that we utilize, most of the dollars are completely digital. It's all basically ones and zeros, except for the cash that we use. Cash most definitely will be outlawed. That is for certain that cash cash will be outlawed because it doesn't fit doesn't fit the bill, this cash. Because cash, you can send and receive basically anonymously even though there's like serial codes and stuff, serial numbers on the dollar bills, you can still send and receive it mostly anonymously. Now, here's how it works now. Money is created from the Federal Reserve and then that money goes to commercial banks and then the commercial banks act as the intermediary between the people and the, and the Fed and the central bank. It's possible that the central bank system will skip the commercial banks and issue the money directly to the people. It's also possible that the money will go from the central bank to the commercial bank, still to the people. But here's the big innovation that the CBDCs will have. The money can all be tracked, traced, and cataloged. And just like every time you use a credit card, that can be known as well. But like the government will have to issue a subpoena to the credit card company to get that information or if it's a higher level type thing the nsa will easily be able to tap into that information as edward snowden revealed with the leaks um, the nsa leaks the prism program they can tap into basically anything that takes place online unless it has a high level of encryption that's going to be the status quo and seamlessly with absolute ease the government will be able to track the money that you use, where you use it, how you spend it, how much you have. That's just one piece, track control. It's also going to be programmable. So of course, in fact, the, for one of the first times I heard about central bank digital currency was on an NPR story. And the NPR story was like, wouldn't it be great if you gave money to your child when they were out at college and you knew that they weren't going to spend that money on party and no, they could only spend that money on books, tuition and rent. That's the promise of central bank digital currencies. I need to find that article. It was the most BS propaganda that people probably eat up. But of course, you could seek right through it if you know what's really going on in the world. But they're, they want to be able to program the money. Something like this. They issue the uh, food stamps. 
what's it called? EBT or something. They issue food stamps. And I guess this is a use case since conservatives will probably like this. And then it's like the money that gets issued for the food stamps, $200, $500, whatever it may be. That now has the program. It's programmed to where that money can only be used for a certain category or class of good or service. It can only be used for food. It can only be used for milk, whatever. Right. Uh, but with the university case, you issue the money, your bank, maybe your bank's the one that has those strings attached to it. Hey, I'm going to put this money. It's going to be transferred to my kid's account. They're going to college. I'd like you to program the money like this or that so that they can only purchase books or blah, blah, blah. The bank's like, sure thing, sir. We appreciate your business. Boom. They get the money to your kid. The kid can only buy books. It doesn't allow them to purchase booze at the convenience store down the road. Here's how it can also be used. We determined through triangulating your cell phone signature and through the use of telemetry, which I learned, from, learned about from Mauro Ramiro, that you attended a right-wing protest, protesting the most recent climate lockdowns. We now are going to prohibit your ability to purchase certain leisure services and goods because of that. Or... Additionally, and then I was like, what? Actually, nobody's even like that now. It used to, I've been doing this conspiracy theory thing for 20 freaking years. And I tell you what, there used to be so much more resistance back in the day when we talk about New World Order, cashless society, control, surveillance, your freaking camera on your computers watching you. No way. That's crazy talk. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You're a kook. Oh, my God. Now it's just like I still do the caveat, though, because I've been doing it for so long, like. You think it's a conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. But like, this is all just right now in your face happening now, now. And there's some of us that have been sounding the alarm for decades, but thankfully people are finally starting to listen because it's right there in your face after the COVID-1984 control paradigm, social engineering scam. There goes the YouTube feed. But um, here's how this could also be utilized. It's been determined that your household exceeded your monthly carbon credit allotment. And because of that, you're now prohibited from purchasing travel tickets. Because when you fly in a plane, that is a certain number of carbon credits that are utilized. And you've already spent all your carbon credits on your home or your lack of recycling or whatever you didn't do. You're not a good citizen. You're not green. Therefore, we're going to control your ability to do A, B, or C. Boom. Total control. I was just reading this Twitter thread earlier about likening the CBDC paradigm to digital serfdom and talking about the reality of the feudal system and how it's being brought back. And it's basically digital serfdom. It's because like a serf is someone that doesn't own property. The king owns the property. They grant access and the rights and certain privileges to the, a whole class of lords. The lords then have the enforcement class of the knights. And then you got the peasants and the serfs that own nothing. All of their behavior, all of their activities are for the benefit of the crown. The same system is going to be implemented. But instead of owning property, instead of not owning property, you're not going to own or control your money. And I tell you what, when you put money in a PayPal account, you don't own or control it anymore. When you have money in your bank, you don't own or control it. They can shut it down. You want to know what you can own and control? A bar of gold, some silver dimes. In fact, I got a good friend. We're going to, 
be talking later today, but I just wanted to give a plug out for Roberts and Roberts Brokerage Incorporated. So a lot of people ask me, uh, who should I do business with when it comes to uh, silver? Uh, I'm a big fan of Roberts and Roberts Brokerage Incorporated. They are based out of Florida. This is somebody that I've known from the freedom community, from the Ron Paul movement, from the anti-war movement for over 10 years now. Uh, his name's Tim Fry. Give him a call, 1-800-874-9760. Ask for Tim Fry. Tell him John Bush sent you. They sell silver. They sell gold. Big fan of these silver eagles here. I'm also a big fan of junk silver. That's pre-1964, half dollars, dimes, quarters. These are wonderful units that we can trade with. In fact, we used to have a chicken farm. We used to operate a chicken farm. We had like 100, it wasn't really a farm. It was our freaking backyard. But we managed to have 120 uh, free-range backyard chickens. And we used to trade a dozen eggs for a silver dime, a dime a dozen. That's where the term came from. But because the money was so convoluted and manipulated and inflated, that silver dime used to have 90% of that, 90% of a dime before 1964 was silver. And because it was backed, the money was backed by gold and silver, right? And so we decoupled from that after Nixon and the Bretton Woods Agreement. And then it was total fiat. So they inflated it completely. But you can still use these silver dimes and we can get back to using silver as a money because the silver. It has intrinsic value, but I'm not even a big fan of intrinsic value. I'm a Mises guy, subjective theory of value. So like all of a sudden, if we have no use for the silver, then it doesn't have intrinsic value. Things have value because we find them to be valuable. And that's completely subjective. It can come, it can go. That's why everyone's like, Bitcoin's backed by nothing. My money's backed by silver. It's like, yeah, well, Bitcoin's actually backed by the faith of people that are able to access the open source code. Bitcoin's backed by a giant global supercomputer. Bitcoin's backed by SHA-256 algorithm. Bitcoin's backed by a whole lot, but really the value in Bitcoin comes because a lot of people recognize its decentralized nature makes it impervious to manipulation by central banks and bureaucrats. That's why it's valuable. It's subjective because we see value in it. Nonetheless, Gold and silver have historically been seen as a valuable commodity to base a money system on. So I encourage folks to consider purchasing silver dimes, not only to store value, to take money out of the fiat system, to put it into precious metals, something physical that you can hold. But these silver dimes, I tell you what, when you're going to go in person to the farmer's market, as we create these alternative counter economies and barter networks, they're going to be extremely useful because they're so small, these units that can be traded easily. Nonetheless, I digress. Check out rrbi.co, rrbi.co if you're looking for a uh, gold or silver broker, right? So we're we're going to need to opt out of this paradigm. We're going to need to do our due diligence. The central bank digital currency system is being implemented. It is going to be programmable. It is going to control your behavior. One thing I've realized as I get older and as I've dealt with the IRS for so long, is the income tax code, a big part of it is about social engineering the public. Because they have control over the money system and because they have coercive agents that can take your property away or seize your bank account or whatever it may be, they leverage that power in order to social engineer your behavior just the same as they did by saying, we're going to fire you if you don't take this medical procedure, right? And so what they're going to do with this programmable money is engineer you as well. Oh, well, we're going to have negative interest rates because we want to stimulate the economy and encourage people to spend because if they don't spend and they save, they're just going to lose value and they're going to they're going to deplete their resources. 
just like more recently, we installed a solar panel system on the house. It was really expensive and you can bet your bottom dollar I'm going to leverage the tax credit that came with it. I didn't get the solar system for the tax credit alone, but it was much easier of a transaction to justify because I'm getting a huge discount on my tax burden this last year, right? So that's what's going to happen with the money supply. They're going to socially engineer the public. People are going to be a lot more hesitant to visit the Freedom website, the Truth website. They're going to be a lot more hesitant to speak out online. They're going to be a lot more hesitant to do business with undesirables or to contribute money to financial systems. Uh, earlier, I was going to talk about this conspiracy like, oh, you think that's the political, that you think they're going to use this for political purposes and penalize you for going to protest. That's exactly what happened with the Canadian Freedom Convoy in a Western democracy, air quotes for the podcast audience. It's happening. It's here. It's up to each and every one of us to do everything we can to build the alternatives. Look, folks, I got two kids. I do not want them to grow up where their only option, their only choice is central bank digital currency. I'm doing everything I can in my power to lay the groundwork, to set the stage for act to the future generation, to inherit the work that we've done, to tap into the Freedom Cell Network, to already be tapped into the Freedom Cell Network, growing up with Freedom Kids, growing up with the unjabbed, living a good life, already having business, economic, financial systems created before they come of age. That's the work that we find ourselves needing to do. And to bring it back to where I all started before I wrap up with you guys, the empowered person chooses what meaning they give to the circumstances they find ourselves in. We have no control over the external circumstances that happen around us, but we do have control over the meaning we give to these circumstances, the meaning we give and the thoughts we have in relation to the circumstances that happen gives rise to the feelings we experience. If we think about something as a victim, if we think about something in fear, then that's going to come, that's going to cause fear, anxiety, insecurity, overwhelm. If we think about something as an empowered person, we say, I am grateful to be alive in this day and age because I get to take part in the creation of an entirely new world built upon the principles of freedom, privacy, bodily autonomy, decentralization, and mutual respect for my brothers and sisters that inherit this world, that are part of this world. I'm grateful for that experience, and I'm going to choose to do everything I can. No control of the circumstances, control over our thoughts. Thoughts give rise to those feelings. The feelings are empowerment, gratitude, and excitement. When you have those feelings in your world and your body, it leads to some really powerful actions, taking action, taking massive action. It's those actions you take that produce the results you experience. And if we all take massive action towards the cause of freedom, the creation of these counter economies, parallel institutions, alternative currency networks, freedom networks like the Freedom Cell Network, it's going to create some pretty sexy results, folks. We're going to experience freedom we never thought possible. And our children will inherit much greater odds of living a good life where they don't have to worry about technocracy or tyranny engulfing them and controlling them. That is our destiny. And I want to thank you for being a part of it alongside me. Once again, I want to remind you to register for the free webinar. We're going to be breaking this down. If you got value out of today's transmission, you are going to be blown away by what I got prepared for you. I've been working Last night, I was here at the office till about 9.30 or so working on the presentation. My lovely fiance is going to make it all pretty in a nice slideshow, and we are going to hit you so freaking hard 
all of the overwhelm, all of the uncertainty, all the insecurity is just going to be lifted off of your shoulders. And you are going to, for the first time, perhaps in your life, have a clear path, a path from here, fear, doubt, uncertainty, to where we all should be, an empowered place where we're in control of our life, where we have goals, where we have our own agenda, and we are prepared to fulfill our destiny. You can register for free at livefree.academy slash reset webinar, livefree.academy slash reset webinar. The webinar goes live at 11 a.m. Central Time on Thursday, October 20th. If you can't make it live by registering, you will get access to a limited replay window, but you got to register first, and I hope you'll do that. Livefree.academy slash reset webinar. This has been John Bush rocking and rolling, moving and grooving with the Live Free Now show, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use. Live free, prosperous, and healthy life. Until next time, peace and freedom. I'm out. <laughs>